Good morning and greet each one of you. In the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. It's a joy to be able to greet each one of you. I didn't get to each of you this morning and uh, hope to throughout the day if that could work, but thankful to be able to look out and to see as many as we have here and uh, anticipate a blessing today. As I sat there, I thought it is a joy to be able to have so many gather together. <clears throat> and yet, if there's just one who's not with us today, what would this gathering really be? Without the one that has made all of this possible, the only reason why we're here today is as we think about what our Lord and our Savior has done, there'd be no other reason for a gathering like this. There'd be no, no point at all for to be able to look out and see faces that I haven't seen for a long time, to think of the miles that have been traveled, the effort that's been put forth. There'd be absolutely no reason at all for any of that had not many, many years ago our Lord and our Savior done what he'd done. And it's humbling for me to consider that here this morning. It's humbling to stand before you This morning, I, I, I woke up, and I've said this many times, but to consider all the different needs that come into a gathering such as this, and not knowing, having any idea what most of those needs are, and then to think of standing up in front of you and being able to say something or speak something that would be able to enter into your heart, that would actually be able to impact you in such a way that you would leave this place today being drawn closer to the Lord, having maybe a, a clearer direction in your life is something that we as men just simply can't, we can't do. And then when we think of our practice of just opening the word of God and having nothing prepared prior I didn't sit yesterday and come up with a message. I didn't sit in my, in my office and try to think really hard of, what am I going to say today? And that's very unsettling for the flesh. It's very uncomfortable. I can assure you, the flesh would want to do that. The flesh would want to, to form some kind of thought that could be delivered so we don't maybe uh, feel embarrassed of what if we stand up here and we just give a dry bone. What if we would stand up here as a minister of God and just give you a dry bone? Nothing there to eat upon, nothing there to feast upon, nothing for your soul, no, no spiritual nourishment for your soul. And I can assure you there comes a great temptation along with that thought to get ourselves in the way and try to come with something. And it's humbling to be able to stand in front of you and trust that you've prayed and that we can just open the word. And my, I, I think about those, in the springtime, we, there's those little nests that they make in the trees and the robins come and they have those little, those little birds there in that tree. And there's a scripture, it just comes to my mind right now, I, I don't remember where it's at. 
But it says if you'd open your mouth, he would have filled it. I think about those little birds in that, in that little nest. And it always amazes me to watch those little robins, how wide they can open their mouths. That's kind of the picture that I, that I picture here this morning. Are we opening our mouths wide that we might receive? God is an inexhaustible source of truth. And he wants to come and feed us. He wants to be here with us today. Are we opening our mouths and will we let him do that? There's only one person that we really truly need here in our midst today, and that's the Lord. I trust that we've prayed that he would be here with us, that it'll be his word that speaks to us, and that his blessing will be upon the entire day. The word's opened here to Jeremiah chapter 22. Jeremiah chapter 22. Thus saith the Lord, Go down to the house of the king of Judah and speak there this word, and say, Hear the word of the Lord, O king of Judah, that sittest upon the throne of David, thou and thy servants and thy people that enter in by these gates. Thus saith the Lord, Execute you judgment and righteousness, and deliver the spoiled out of the hand of the oppressor, and do no wrong. Do no violence to the stranger, the fatherless, nor the widow, neither shed innocent blood in this place. For if you do this thing indeed, then shall there enter in by the gates of this house kings sitting upon the throne of David, riding in chariots and on horses, he and his servants and his people. But if you will not hear these words, I swear by myself, saith the Lord, that this house shall become a desolation. For thus saith the Lord unto the king's house of Judah, thou art Gilead unto me and the head of Lebanon, Yet surely I will make thee a wilderness and cities which are not inhabited. And I will prepare destroyers against thee, every one with his weapon, and they shall cut down thy choice cedars and cast them into the fire. And many nations shall pass by this city, and they shall say every man to his neighbor, Wherefore hath the Lord done thus unto this great city? Then they shall answer, Because they have forsaken the covenant of the Lord their God and worshipped other gods. And serve them. <coughs> weep ye not for the dead, neither bemoan him, but weep sore for him that goeth away, for he shall return no more, nor see his native country. For thus saith the Lord, touching Shalom, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, which reigned instead of Josiah his father, which went forth out of this place, he shall not return thither any more. <coughs> but he shall die in the place whither they have led him captive. And shall see this land no more. Woe unto him that buildeth this, his house by unrighteousness, and his chambers by wrong, that useth his neighbor's service without wages, and giveth him not for his work, that saith, I will build me a wide house and large chambers, and cutteth him out windows, and it is sealed with cedar and painted with vermilion. Shalt thou reign, because thou closest thyself in cedar? Did not thy father eat and drink, and do judgment and justice, and then it was well with him? He judged the cause of the poor and needy. Then it was well with him. Was not this to know me, saith the Lord? But thine eyes and thine heart are not but for thy covetousness, and for to shed innocent blood, and for oppression, and for violence to do it. Therefore, thus saith the Lord concerning Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, king of Judah, they shall not lament for him, saying, Ah, my brother, 
or Ah, sister. They shall not lament for him, saying, Ah, Lord, or Ah, his glory. He shall be buried with the burial of an ass, drawn and cast forth beyond the gates of Jerusalem. I'll end reading there in the 19th verse. I've opened uh, hymn number 106. All who are able, let's bow in prayer. Our great and almighty God, our Father in heaven, we come before thee, Father, here in this place, thankful, Father, that we can bow before thee, a great and almighty God, thou, O Father, who knowest the hearts of each of us here gathered that are bowing here before thee, thou, O Father, who knowest and searchest the reins of the heart. There is none of our thoughts that are not known before Thee, O God. Our thoughts are before Thee. Father, when we woke this morning, when we got out of bed, when we went to bed last evening, all of it is known before Thee, Father. Father in heaven, there is no place that we can hide before Thee. And Thy word tells us that we are naked before Thee with whom we have to do. And that, Father, that Thou art a consuming fire, And so here we stand before thee, Father, we bow our hearts before thee, and we ask, O God, that thou would be here in our midst, and that thou would search us, O God, and that thou would speak to us, and that thou would work in our hearts in ways that maybe we've never experienced before. Draw us nearer unto thee, O God. Father in heaven, our prayer would be that it would not be in vain that we would be gathered here today, but that thy Holy Spirit would be here in our midst. Holy Spirit, we pray that thou would be here and that thou would speak to us very plainly, very clearly. It's our heart's cry and it's our heart's burden. We feel our weaknesses. We know that there is nothing at all that we could offer, O Lord. There is nothing that we could give. Father, we are gathered here weak, And thinking about even those, thy beautiful creation, those little birds in the nest that lift up their heads and they open their mouths wide and they are fed. Surely, Father, thou hast taken thought for the sparrow. Thou knowest when the sparrows fall to the ground. We don't know what it's like, Father. When man lifts his face to thee and opens his mouth wide and says, Please, O God, come and fill us with thy word. Come and feed us, O God. If thou hast taken count of the sparrows, O Father, how much more man? Thou hast sent thy son to come and die for. Thou knowest the, the, the hairs of our head. We are known before thee, O God. And now here we bow and pray that thou would be here in our midst. Father, we are thankful for each and every soul that is gathered here with us today and who will gather here with us today. It is a joy, Father. It is a blessing to be able to have each one here. 
And we're thankful for this great opportunity, Father, to be together. And we pray that it would be a blessing. Father, we think of Zeb and we think of the great change that thou has worked in his heart, the conversion that has been brought forth, that he's no longer the same man anymore. And we thank thee for this, Father. It leaves us all struck, Father, when we see thy hand working in beautiful ways. And we thank thee and praise thee for it, that thou still today are offering salvation unto to all who would come and answer thy call of repentance. So may that call continue to go forth, Father, that call of repentance. May the gospel message continue to go forth in this day when Satan is trying to silence the word of truth. May we as thy children not be afraid, Father, to boldly stand and proclaim thy word, whether it be from a pulpit or whether it be from our homes or whether it be from our businesses or whether it be And whatever relationships thou hast placed us in, Father, that we would be filled with thy spirit and that we would not be afraid to proclaim thy truth to this dark and sinful world that's all around us. But may we shine as lights, Father. We love thee, Father. We thank thee. Our hearts beg of thee now, and we look to thee in trust and faith. And we go forward in faith, Father, in the name of thy Son, Jesus Christ, we ask and pray these things. Amen. opened, the words opened here to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Second Corinthians chapter 5, begin reading here at verse 1. For we know that if our earthly house of this tabernacle were dissolved, we have a building of God and house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan, earnestly desiring to be clothed upon with our house which is from heaven. If so be that being clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we that are in this tabernacle do groan, being burdened. Not for that we would be unclothed, but clothed upon, that mortality might be swallowed up of life. Now he that hath wrought us for the selfsame thing is God, who also hath given unto us the earnest of the Spirit. Therefore we are always confident, knowing that whilst we are at home in the body, we are absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith, not by sight. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. But we are made manifest unto God, And I trust also are made manifest in your consciences. 
For we commend not ourselves again unto you, but give you occasion to glory on your behalf, that ye, have, that ye may have somewhat to answer them which glory in appearance, and not in heart. For whether we be beside ourselves, it is the God, or whether we be sober, it is for your cause. For the love of Christ constraineth us, because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh, yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And all things are of God, who hath reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ, and hath given to us the ministry of reconciliation. To wit, that God was in Christ, reconciled the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. For he hath made him to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. Those here in our congregation know me well enough to know that it takes me a little while to get started sometimes after I read a chapter. I can sit here and stare at this for quite a while. It makes it awkward for those that are sitting out here thinking, what's he doing? As I sit here and stare at these words, I've let my congregation know many times, I'll let you know, I stand here and my mind goes so many different directions. I think, oh Lord, what am I going to say? There are so many beautiful truths here. What am I going to say? How am I going to put that together any more? I, I, I can't put it together any more beautifully than what it's said and how it's said here. So what are we going to say? And sometimes I just sit here and stare at it. And that makes maybe everybody a little uncomfortable as I do that. I'm going to go back here to Jeremiah chapter 22. I'm going to just read a few verses there and see if we can't hopefully connect some of these thoughts together. Verse 3, it says, Thus saith the Lord, execute ye judgment and righteousness, and deliver the spoiled out of the hand of the oppressor, and do no wrong. This is God speaking to his children. God is speaking to his covenant children. This is what I expect from you. This is my expectation. God is a God of covenant. We read that in verse 9. Then they shall answer, because they have forsaken the covenant of the Lord their God and worshipped other gods and served them. When God 
when God made that covenant there with Abram, changed his name to Abraham, and there was that covenant of circumcision made. In that covenant, God had an expectation. God had an expectation of what was going to go forward from that covenant. And God expected that there was going to be faithfulness to him. And that faithfulness wasn't some uh, mystical thought. That, that faithfulness was rooted and grounded in actual practical application. There were certain things that God, from there on out, expected those that entered into covenant he expected those that entered into covenant with him that their, their onward, their forward, it was going to mean something. There was going to be certain actions that they, they did, and there was going to be certain actions that they didn't do. There was going to be certain things they were part of, and there was going to be certain things that they were not part of. And that's all spelled out there. This afternoon, we're going to ask that there be a covenant made. Many of us, as I look out here in this gathering, many of us have made a covenant. Many of us have at least made one covenant. As I look out, there's many that haven't as the children, but many of us here have made a covenant before our God in those baptismal waters. As we stood there in those baptismal waters, we made a covenant with God. And we promised that we would be faithful to him. We promised that we would serve him the remaining of our days, that it was going to be unto him. We go back here to this. Going back here to 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And it says, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. Many of us stood in those baptismal waters, and we promised that we would, from there on out, live unto Christ. that from there on out, we would live unto him, that we wouldn't live unto ourselves anymore. And when we went into those baptismal waters and we buried that old man, and we came up as a new man, as a new creature, as it says here, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature, old things are passed away, behold, all things are become new. We went down into those baptismal waters, and we came up out of those baptismal waters, and we had buried that old man of sin, we had made a covenant before God that from there on out, we were going to serve him. We were going to be faithful to him. We were going to live unto him. We were going to serve him all the rest of the days of our life. And we went down into those baptismal waters. And when we came out in faith, we believed that we truly were a new creature. And that that old heart, that old stony heart, that stony heart that was sinful, that stony heart that had carnal desires, that stony heart that had, that had a sinful nature to it, it was born into sin. It was brought up into sin. It could do nothing but sin. It was ugly. It was disgusting. It was carnal. It wanted to do sinful things. Now that, that, that man was buried there in those baptismal waters, and we come out of those baptismal waters as a new man, and a new heart has been given to us. 
And I said just the other night when we were gathered together as brothers, we had a brothers meeting on Friday evening, and I asked the question, if God gives us a new heart, and I recently had, last Sunday, this, some, some of this is re- repeated from last Sunday, but if God gives us a new heart, how new is that heart? If God gives us a new heart, does it come pre-programmed then still with some car- a little bit of carnality there, a little bit of selfishness there, a little bit of, well, I still like to play in the mud just a little bit still. You know, if I get a chance, I will still. If I get an opportunity, I'm going to go there and I'm going to still wallow in the mud a little bit. If I get an opportunity, I'm going to still go and play around with the the pigs still, so to speak. Or when God gives us a new heart, and and as we read there, behold, all things are new. How new is that? How new is that? He gives us a new heart. And then we walk out of those baptismal waters, and life begins, doesn't it? Doesn't life begin? Don't we walk out of those baptismal waters? Can't every one of us sit there and think now about, many of us can remember our baptism. Many of us can remember what it was like to go down under that water, the feeling that was there, the peace that was there. Maybe some of you don't. Maybe some of you didn't have that. But I can remember that. I can remember what that was to go down underneath those waters and coming out and feeling that I'm a new man. That old man is gone. And behold, all things are new. I made a covenant with my God. You made a covenant, many of you made a covenant with your God at that point. And you promised faithfulness. And I oftentimes think about the marriage covenant. Some of us in this, in this room, many of us have, made a, a, have, had, have taken wedding vows. And we live in a day and time where it says, then they shall answer because they have forsaken the covenant of the Lord their God and worshiped other gods and served them. You know, promises today are really cheap in the day and time that we live in. Promises are just really cheap. You have a man and a woman, they stand in front of a congregation of people or maybe just even before the justice of the peace and they promise to themselves, I will be true and faithful to you till death do us part, for better or for worse, in sickness and health. For richer, poorer, I'm sticking with you. You got these two kids, they're in high school, they love each other, they think they love each other. Mom and dad doesn't like it that they're together. They walk out of that high school holding hands and they march themselves right off to the justice of peace, even though they know that mom and dad's not for it, even though they know mom and dad's against it. They go to the justice of peace and they say, I do. Five years later, they find themselves, their marriage is in shambles and they say, well, we just didn't understand 18 years old, what could I know? What could I do? You made a covenant. Make it work. You made a covenant. You promised. You said, I do. God is a covenant God, and when we make covenant with him, God expects us to fill that covenant. 
God expects us to be true and faithful until the very end. And we can say, well, I didn't quite understand what that was like there when I stood in those baptismal waters. I didn't really know what all I was getting into. I didn't know what all was required of me. I didn't know that God was going to demand such a high level of holiness. I didn't know that God was going to demand that I overcome all sin, that I overcome the devil, that I overcome the world. I didn't know that God was going to require me to actually be made in the very image of his son. I didn't know that I was going to have to deny myself and take up the cross and follow after him. I didn't know that I was going to have to forsake these carnal desires and this carnal attitude. I was going to have to get along and I was going to have to, to make peace. I didn't know I was going to have to be like Jesus Christ. I thought I was just going to get forgiven. And in the end, I thought I was going to get to go to heaven when I died. That's what I thought was in it for me. So when I stood in those baptismal waters and I said, I do, that's all. And you're telling me there's more than that? And I'm saying there's more than that. We're saying there's more than that. The word of God says there's more than that. It says in verse 9, Wherefore we labor that whether present or absent we may be accepted of him. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Every single soul in this place, from the youngest to the oldest, we are coming before the Almighty throne, the judgment seat of Christ. It says, and knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. I want to just take just a little bit of time and I want to paint what the, what the Bible tells us. There's so many things. It says there in the scriptures, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. We cannot begin to fathom or imagine or comprehend what heaven's going to be like. Do you groan for it? Are you really tired of this flesh? Are you really tired of this body? Are you really tired of being down here? Do you, do you yearn and long like Paul here where we can put on mortality or immortality and we can enter into the glories of heaven? As you think back on your baptism, because many of you have had it. I'm going to address you. But there's another that I'm going to address. And that's those that you, of you who haven't been baptized. I don't know how many there are here that haven't been baptized that need to be baptized. I don't know how many there are here that, that, that have not repented and need to repent. But as you think back on that baptism, and you think back now, and you consider what it's going to be like coming before the Almighty God, it said there in the prayer that our God is a consuming fire.
And you think that baptism, and you think back there on Jeremiah 22, because they have forsaken the covenant of the Lord their God and worshiped other gods and served them. And you think about this verse here. Yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in creature, he is a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. And you think about this verse here, and that he died for all, that they which live should not henceforth live unto themselves, but unto him which died for them and rose again. We have to face ourselves for who we actually are. Are we truly living unto God, or are we living unto ourselves? In truth, we said in that baptism we were going to live unto God, we were going to serve him, and yet we wake up every single morning making decisions. Every single morning we wake up and we make decisions. Are we serving the Lord or are we serving ourselves? Who are we really working for? Who are we really working for? Who are we really living for? Have we been faithful to that covenant? Or are there things there that trouble your conscience here this morning? I hope not. I'm not accusing anyone. I'm not pointing any fingers at anyone. Most of you, I, don't, I wouldn't know to be able to do that even. But as you sit there and you think back on your life, is there anything there that troubles your conscience? You know, there was that time back then, that that, that certain thing happened, and you know, it's bothered me ever since, and I know I need to take care of it, I know I need to do something about it, I need to know, I know I need to go back to that person and make it right, I know that, that, that it just, it wasn't right what I did there, I know it was sin, and you've excused it, and you've walked it away, and you talked it away, and you've, you've tried to push it out of your mind, you've tried to get rid of the thought of it, you said, you know, I don't think it's that big of a deal, God's loving, God's merciful, God will forget, Right? And yet there's something there that nags. There's something there that bothers you. There's something there that in the middle of the night, sometimes every once in a while, you wake up and you think about it still, and you think, I should probably do something about that. I have not been faithful to my God. I have sinned. I have sinned in my life. Every one of us is going to come before the judgment seat of God, the judgment seat of Christ. And every one of us is going to give an account for the things that we've done, whether they be good or whether they be bad. It's all going to come marching through. It's all going to come as a, I don't know how it's going to be. But there we come before this mighty throne of God. And there he sits and it tells us, and I'm going to say it again because the scriptures say it, from his loins downward and his loins, from his loins downward and from his loins upward, it's as a flame of fire. There's not one of us in this room that has ever seen anything that has been like the, the fire in the form of a man. We haven't seen it. But we're coming before one who's going to be in the form, the fire in the form of a man, and he sits on the throne. And we read throughout the scriptures, it, it talks about the throne being as a sapphire stone. I love preaching on this. I, I hope that's not wrong because I look forward to the day when we will be able, when faith shall become sight. I can't, I can't paint a beautiful enough picture of it. My words would fail me. But I love to think about the throne of God. I love to think about him sitting there. And I love to think about this sapphire stone. And it's, it says it's on a foundation there that I, I don't know if it's a diamond. It's a terrible crystal. And underneath that terrible crystal are the cherubims. 
and they've got their four faces and they've got their wings and their wings touch one to the other. And when they move, they all move in perfect unity and they go wherever the spirit of God wants to move them. And thereupon coming out from those cherubims goes forth lightning and they go forth as lightning and they go out and they come back just that quick and there's thunderings and there's a whirlwind and there's a cloud and there's thunderings and there's, there's noise, it says, is a sound of many waters. And just recently, Jason and I were down at the foot of a, the base of a, of a waterfall. And the noise of that waterfall was, it silenced us. It silenced us. There was nothing for us to say. And over and over throughout God's word, we read that the voice was as a sound of many waters. This is where we're coming. This is where we're all working towards. This is where we're all going. Every one of us is coming before this great and mighty throne. Out of this throne, it proceeds a fiery stream, it says. A fiery stream. And there along those fiery streams, it talks about that there's stones of fire. There was one that walked among those stones of fire at one time, and it was, it was Lucifer. It was son of the morning. He walked among the stones of fire. It says that he makes his ministers a flame of fire. Every one of us are coming to this judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according that he had done, whether it be good or bad. We're all coming there. And there around that throne is that, is that, that rainbow. It's inside as an emerald. The seraphims fluttering around that throne. I've said many times, I think of like the hummingbirds. And they flutter around that throne. They say, holy, holy, holy. And there Christ, John saw, he had eyes as a flame of fire. Eyes as a flame of fire. And he's going to look at each one of us, and there will be nothing hidden. Those bad thoughts that you think right now, those moments, those times where you sinned against God, that will all be there. Some men's sins are known before going into judgment, and others follow after. But those fiery eyes are going to look upon us, and they're going to look into our hearts. They're going to look into our souls. They're going to know. And we're not going to be able to argue. We're not going to be able to defend ourselves. It's all going to be right there as an open book. And there we will stand. Though the Lord in glory is clothed. And it says that there's, there's a white robe. And from his, there, there's, there's a golden girdle. And his feet shine as burnished brass, it says. And the glory there is, is his hair is white as snow. And it says that the sun is shining in its strength. As the sun shineth in its strength. And it's brilliant, and his feet are sparkling, and the glory of it all. And out of his mouth comes a sharp two-edged sword. And every single one of us are coming there. And you know how you'll be? Naked. Naked. Knowing, therefore, the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. 
Those that have done righteousness will be righteous. Those that have sinned will be cast out. It says the angels will be called in, and there will be I picture those angels coming in and picking, picking them up and the Lord saying, cast them out. And there will be screaming. There will be pleading. Lord, we did this in your name. Lord, we did that in your name. Lord, we attended worship services. Lord, we read your Bible. Lord, we told others about Jesus. We went on missionary trips. We professed we were Christians. And there the angels will lift them up off and their feet will be kicking and they'll be hollering and the Lord will say, depart from me, you workers of iniquity. I never knew you. Cast them out in the lake of fire. And there they'll be cast out in that lake of fire. And we know what it is to jump into water. We know what it, that sensation is as those bubbles go around us and, the, and, it, and, it, and there's that refreshment when we jump into a pond on a hot day. But what will it be like to be plunged into that bottomless pit with no bottom, no end, no end to eternity, forever burning, forever surrounded by the fire of eternal damnation. And right now we have this opportunity. Right now we have this opportunity. It's between here and there. As I've said many times, this period that we're in, it's just a dressing room for eternity. It's just this short little period. Will we be faithful to the Lord? Can we do it? Not on our own, but with the help of God, can we do it? Can we be faithful to the covenant that we've made that we would serve him? There's so much more here in this chapter. I went five minutes over already. But how are you doing? How are we doing? Are we serving the Lord? Or are there things there in our life yet? Sin that's there in our life yet? Maybe we don't treat our husband like we ought to. We don't treat our spouse like we ought to. We don't treat our children like we ought to. And we can pawn it off as, well, it's just, it's just a fault. It's just a personality. Maybe we haven't been honest in our business dealings. Maybe there's something there that's troubling our hearts. Don't we have an opportunity right now to make those things right. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Why? Because we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. That everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he had done, whether it be good or bad. Brother Kevin, would you have some closing thoughts? Can I call on you? I guess the part that really stuck out to me this morning when he, when he was reading and it was repeated over and over is, knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Did that come across as a message of love today? 
had to think of uh, 1 Corinthians 13. Though I speak with the tongues of man and angels and have not charity, I may become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. To me, the call went out today. And that is a call of love. Hebrews 10. For if we sin willfully, after that we have received the knowledge of the truth. We heard the truth today. We all know it. There remaineth no more sacrifice for sins. But, but a certain fearful looking for, of judgment and fiery indignation. We've heard the truth. We've heard it today. There's no excuses. That's the message of love. Brother Dan started this morning. He says, if God was not here with us, the Holy Spirit was not with us here this morning, what a waste. It would have been as sounding brass. Just an annoyance. I hope that every one of us have been stirred today. I know I have. That today we can say it was profitable to be under the sound of the word. I think I don't have a number to sing, but you choose one. Thanks. <laughs>